Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. This week, we're discussing the original Battlestar Galactica Season 1, Episodes 6 and 7, The Lost Warrior and The Long Patrol. I'm Jason. And this is Red. But first, let's uh, discuss some news, shall we? All right. What do you got this week? I'm doing it on the fly at the moment. I forgot. All right. Well, while you do yours on the fly, I'll uh, go ahead and put my news out there. So this first one's not really sci-fi, but it kind of falls in the category of uh, sequels that really don't need to be made. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got in pre-production right now a sequel to the Gladiator movie that Russell Crowe starred in back in, I think, around 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gladiator 2 is in the works. Okay. Yeah, that's that's basically my reaction is... Why are they making another one? They, the, the they first need one, more sweaty, muscled-up guys in loincloths made of leather? They might. I mean, I think the money. first one stands on its own. Yeah. I don't know where else they're going to go with the story. I think, uh, so you remember the kid in the, the first movie, and I can't remember the, the character's name. Lucius yeah. or something like that? Lucius, yeah, I, th- I believe that's right. Um, apparently, it's going to revolve around him as an adult, and yeah, not sure exactly where they're going to go with that. I guess. Oh, they just want to make money. Which I mean, money's a good thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it's bad to have profit, but right. it would be nice if somebody would come up with something new. Well, I mean, there are new things out there, but this this sequel and remake phase that we're going through right now I think has gotten a little bit ridiculous. Well, we're pushing over a decade. Easily, yeah. You know, so, I mean, just... I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my mind open. Maybe it'll turn out to be a good movie. I liked the first Gladiator. It wasn't the greatest movie out there, but it was entertaining and uh, yeah, it was alright. Historically inaccurate, but you know, it was entertaining. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll reserve judgment for the new one, but I'm not really looking forward to it. So, uh, my next news item is, and we don't do a lot of gaming news around here, but um, Fallout seventy six 
uh, is the new Fallout game. It's in beta right now, and it's going to release on the 14th of November. So this is Bethesda's uh, Fallout MMO, the multiplayer, massive multiplayer online game. Okay. Uh, this basically uh, is takes place as the first vault leaves um, leaves their vault. Vault 76 leaves, and they're the first vault to actually leave the vault. Uh, after the bombs dropped during the the war between the United States and China, hmm. I don't think you've ever played any of the other Fallout games, have you? I've never played Fallout in my life. Yeah, so it's actually pretty cool. It's it's basically a, a f- alternate history post apocalyptic game. Um, it takes place well. It depends on the game, but it takes place typically around a hundred years or more after. Uh, a nuclear, basically nuclear Armageddon between China and the United States. It's got a pretty rich history. It's the the games are actually pretty fun. They came out mid nineties, I think, is when the first one came out. It was a turn based RPG, and then it kind of had a revival in the early two thousands with uh, mm-hmm. Fallout Three, and turned into more of a third-person action RPG, and it was really good. So, And then they've got Fallout 3, the expansions for that, Fallout New Vegas, and then Fallout 4 is the more, most recent one, came out a few years ago. Cool. And well. my final piece of news, and this isn't, again, necessarily sci-fi-related news, but uh, it's kind of sci-fi-adjacent. And it's something that that you know is near and dear to my heart because it's Simpsons news. Uh, ah. About a year ago, a PhD uh, uh, let me try that again. A PhD student named Nathan Cunningham authored a research paper that kind of uh, attempted to detail the quality of the episodes and when um, the drop off marking the end of the the Simpsons Golden Age occurred. And his conclusions, based on some IMDb scores that he pulled into his data set, uh, marked the the drop off after about the 200th episode of The Simpsons, which was uh, probably around season 10. Mm-hmm. And he did a follow up uh, article just recently. That in fact, this month, uh, for the paper that he did a, a year ago. Uh, discussing what might have caused the decline in the quality of the of the Simpsons episodes, and he he focused on the writers for each episode, and he discovered that there were about you know a hundred writers that have written for the Simpsons over its you know almost thirty year run, and uh, so he kind of culled that down to I think uh, writers that had written more than ten episodes, and. Uh, did the analysis based on that? Was it was it writers that wrote the early episodes that made them so great, and maybe the writers on the later episodes just weren't that great? So it goes into some detailed analysis there. Uh, he does recognize that there's some bias in the data set that he used because he used uh, IMDb scores, and one of the things that I don't always agree with IMDb. Right, and so The Simpsons has been out since 1989. Uh, so Jeez, you made me feel old. Yeah, it's it's running up to thirty years at this point. They're older than our children, and I haven't been able to 
find exactly when IMDb started their user rating uh, scores, but I suspect it was probably around the early 2000s. So IMDb, and I didn't know this, has been around since around 1994. It started out as... Really? Yeah, it started out as um, kind of a... back in the web crawler days. Yeah. Started out as like a a Usenet kind of... (laughs) Was it part of AOL? (laughs) No, it was part of Usenet. Um, It started out as part of a a Usenet collection of, of, oh, what was it? It was actresses that had pretty eyes or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, around 1996, I want to say, they put it on the web. And then Amazon bought it in 1998, 99, somewhere around there. So it's been out for a while. Um, but one of the things that that kind of skews the IMDb scores is the IMDb scores probably weren't out for, you know, the first 10 to 12 seasons of The Simpsons. So the scores for those early episodes are probably going to be biased towards higher scores because really the only hardcore Simpsons fans are going to go back to those seasons and actually give ratings and reviews for those seasons. And so the implicit bias there is if you're that big of a fan to go back and review uh, an episode that, you know, happened before the scores existed, you're probably going to score it higher than, than the general populace. Sure. Not only that, but the general populace didn't really even know about IMDb or was aware that IMDb had reviews. And that's uh-huh. that's a fairly recent phenomenon. IMDb for a long time was, you know, centered towards movie and, and TV show nerds. So you'd go there to, to check out and, uh, and, and comment because they used to have user boards and comment on your favorite movies, TV shows, have discussions, things like that. So... Okay. So there's definitely implicit bias on the data set that he used, and he does recognize that, but it, it was an interesting look. Um, definitely check that out if you're a data nerd. All right. So well, what'd you come up with? Well, <clears throat> I actually have a couple of pieces of Battlestar Galactica sci-fi. Uh-oh. Uh, apparently, there is a, for the tabletop gamer, there is a game out that has been published called Battlestar Galactica Starship Battles. They're working on it right now. It should be out here pretty soon. It is set to be unveiled or was unveiled this last August. Ooh. And uh, what it is, it's going to include elements both from the classic show as well as the reboot. It's by Ares Games. It comes with ready-to-play painted and assembled miniatures. Nice. And you can be the Colonials or the Cylons facing off, as they have in the quotes here, furious dogfights and many other kinds of missions. Very nice. So that ought to be something fun to check out. And then also I came across a little bit of news. Apparently in, uh, let's see, let me get the date right. Want to make sure we've got the date right. This also is from August of this year. There is a comic book series out based on Battlestar Galactica. It's a six-issue miniseries. 
and it is focusing on the epic plight of the scattered remains of humanity. Basically, it takes place towards the end of the of the series that we're currently reviewing, and uh, it's supposed to be available or was available October third. So, uh, Battlestar Galactica number one will be out uh, or came out or will be coming. Bleh, sorry, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica number one on November seventh. So, in just a few days, it'll be coming out. Very cool. And it looks like some of the catches they've pulled here. The artwork looks uh, really good. Got kind of a nice retro feel to it. But um, and this is this is based off the original series, right? This is the original series. Yeah, yeah. As you as you know, in the in the first episode, or no, not uh, not the first episode. Which episode was it that we reviewed where the, the they had that uh, gaming planet and the insectoids were feeding off the humans? Oh yeah, that was um, four. No, that was that was three. One of the first three, yeah. One of the first. Anyway, um, it was revealed to Boxy, you know, the origins of the Cylons and how we got into a war with the Cylons because we were coming to the aid of another race that the Cylons were messing with, and Commander Adama. You know, this is the old crew, Starbuck, Apollo, all of them. Commander Adama is faced with a situation. Do we continue our way to Earth, or do we come to the aid of some uh, this race of people that are currently under the attack of the Cylon? And uh, he's wrestling with that issue. It's a six-issue miniseries, and I'm, I'm going to look into it. I'd like to get a hold of this. And then there's a, this is off of Sci-Fi Wire, and there's a picture here of uh the author and he has got so many of the article he's got so many cool battlestar galactica models and miniatures (laughs) very nice oh my god he's holding a model of the galactica that's got to be a foot and a half long and i want it and he's got a model of the viper colonial viper mark one that i used to have as a kid Ooh, and a cylon based star oh yeah that thing was as big as it was was like size of, of my tennis shoe today it was a nice big viper nice Oh, yeah. It was wonderful. And no matter how long I had, it always had that tester's glue smell. Back when they didn't care about carcinogens. <laughs> right. You just you sniff it and get high. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just keep it in the room. It's part of the ambiance. Teenage boy, corn chips, dirty socks, and tester's glue. The smell of desperation. Oh, yes. Well, more confusion than desperation for me. <laughs> there was a little desperation, but it was more cluelessness. But yeah, that's my news. Well, cool. Well, let's say we uh, get into the pod crawl, shall we? Okay, this is my first one. I'll see what I can do. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Battlestar Galactica, Episode 6, The Lost Warrior. The scene opens with Apollo on a lone patrol mission being pursued by a small Cylon attack force. He's calling out for help from the fleet on an open channel. This ploy, intended to lure the threat away from the fleet, works but forces him to crash his Viper on an uncharted planet due to a lack of fuel. Once on the planet, Apollo is met and befriended by a widow and her young son. They take him in and explain how their community is under the control of an evil man, Lacerda, who has a robot named Red Eye that cannot be injured by the projectile weapons known as Numos that they have access to. Right. Lacerda has been taking tribute from the local people under threat of death from Red Eye for the last ten yarns. 
The widow's husband had fallen in noble combat before the menace of Lacerda's tin-plated Tenebris Terminator. <laughs> Fearing other Cylons are about, Papalo plays it cool and does not engage until he is satisfied until Red Eyes indeed alone menace on this mammalian-infested satellite. <laughs> Then we have a true moment of Italian justice when the two face off in the center of town. Red Eye falls prey to the Southpaw Jinx in true Rocky-esque fashion. As our left-handed protagonist rapidly retrieves his radiation-infused revolver, sending rippling, relentless rays of rage-filled ruthlessness deep into the radiator of our antagonist's ripped raw wreckage. Sadly, the widow shows Apollo where her husband's viper had crashed, so our hero can recycle the remaining rivulets of rare fuel for his return. <laughs> then we transition into Battlestar Galactica Episode 7, The Long Patrol. This segues into an entirely new hero in Lieutenant Starbuck and his predilection towards pandering to the well-packaged pursuits of feminine pairing. After a well-earned repast, our hero embarks upon a dangerous mission of exploration that ultimately becomes a well-lubricated experience of an intoxicating nature. <laughs> Again, we find a forgotten colony of humans who have been producing munitions and liquid courage for the warriors of the Twelve Colonies. These humans, the descendants of both prisoners and correctional officers, are unaware of the current crises with the Cylon Alliance. Starbucks' haughty equipped Viper, being the fastest ship in all the verse, proves an irresistible prize to a smuggler's escaping his confines. The ship's speed being measured in both thrust and artificially intelligent libido towards our wayward hero. A rescue of Starbuck and the lost humans now found culminates in a sad moment for Starbuck when a Cylon fighter crashes into the lubrication distillery and the destruction of Ambrosia stores exceeding 500 yarns old lube. The episode ends with a clue to the location of Earth and several dissatisfied consumers of poorly made ambrosia aboard the ragtag fleet. Roll credits. Very nice. Very nice. Great job. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of felt possessed by a Dr. Zachary Smith there. How's that? I really enjoyed that rapidly retrieving his radiation-infused revolver and sending rippling, relentless yes. rays of rage-filled ruthlessness deep into the radiator of our antagonist's ripped raw wreckage. So your mastery of alliteration knows no bounds. Well, it helps with a link to a synonym website. <laughs> yeah. uh, so much alliteration. That's all right. It's fine. So, what did you think about this episode? Uh, these, these episodes, episodes? Um, well, they were definitely filler episodes. Um, uh-huh. I, yeah, I, I wasn't as keen on these episodes as I have been past episodes. They were, they were pretty weak. Um, yeah, the writing was pretty weak. the The motivation for any of this shit to happen was pretty weak. Um, the I don't know the sets and the set design and the character development and yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of these episodes. I'm sorry. I know this is, this is a kind of a, a childhood pleasure of yours and you love oh, it definitely is. But one of the first things that I thought of was, okay, these guys have massive amounts of technology, huge computing power, and yet they can't keep up with, they keep finding all these planets with people on it that say, yeah, we know all about the colonies. We're part of the colonies, and we don't know who you yeah, are. Yeah, I know. Was there some kind of a massive purging of a database somewhere? I mean... Well, I mean, just the just the stupidity of how astrophysics and basic physics works. I mean, some of the shit that they say, like we uh we can't get back to the galactica if we keep using fuel well stop using fuel i mean you have right. this I mean, thing called inertia you right. just cut your engines you're gonna keep it pretty much the constant speed that right. you're at they should be more concerned about life support one would think right and 
<laughs> I loved in the Long Patrol when they were leaving the asteroid dust field into a whole new galaxy. They were leaving that star system out into an entire new galaxy. Well, that that didn't. I, I thought about that for a second, but then I realized I've read some stuff that says currently our Milky Way is gobbling up another galaxy that smashed into us a couple of hundred million years ago. Okay, that's fine, but you don't leave a star system into another galaxy. Well, maybe that's where it kind of starts and the debris field from planet things smacking into each other. No, no. I mean, no. You're, you're, you're talking no. about two different scales of size there. They were really big really planet big things. big star systems. They were really big. We're, we're, we're talking Galactus farts kind of <laughs> oh debris. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. So <laughs> one of the things, one of the first things that I wrote about the Lost Warrior was, woohoo, shoot out the Galactica Corral. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, it's it. I wasn't fond of these episodes. In fact, I remember when I when I uh, was was looking, I was like, oh, these, I remember these. I wouldn't, I, I would skip through these. These aren't my favorites. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you know. the the writers of this this show kind of did your thesaurus idea. Only they used some sort of Latin or English to Latin translator because planet horse. I mean, really, uh-huh. Equus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and why did the horses growl like like lions or cougars? Yeah, that was interesting. Although I did think that the the, the merle striping on that one big mare was kind of neat. That was kind of cool. Oh, I mean, I, I liked the the coat color of of that one horse that he was riding, but that was kind of neat. But yeah, but when I heard that, the and also horse, I want to get a better look at the horse that was carrying that damn Cylon red eye. That thing, it's got to have some lumbar like nobody's business. Oh right, that's like a Clydesdale or an Arden, Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure a horse could pull a Cylon, but I don't know about carrying one. Yeah, I, <laughs> it just this. Yeah, the the Lost Warrior was really. It looked like a a '70s kind of Planet of the Week type sci-fi that we're 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 used to. It looked a lot like Space 1999. Yeah, it did. It did. And you know but how much I love it. Did give us what people looked for back then. They wanted, they wanted the good-looking heroes. They wanted the good-looking supporting class, and they wanted plenty of pew pew. Yeah, but that didn't and even have was, plenty of pew pew. I mean, there was some pew pew. You got to see a lot of the flying with the ships. You know, um, that was that's that's appealing to the mind of a child. You know, I remember. Thinking how cool it was as, as a kid, the thing that I, I disliked most about Battlestar was how much they reused uh, the the cutscenes for the spaceships. Oh, it's cheaper. It's like, oh, I know this when they're about to roll left. Oh, okay, um, they're they're going to you know shoot at this one ship pursuing by, by a Cylon ship, and it's going to barely <laughs> miss. And oh, you know, yay! And I'm glad to see that technology is affording contemporary sci-fi the ability to come up with new scenes on a very regular basis when it comes to the ships. Well, yeah, I mean, that. and I think I think technology and, and computer-generated graphics is, have really helped facilitate that. But Very much so. I mean, even on some other shows, they didn't recycle practical effects as much as they have. 
I mean, if you look at, you know, Star Trek, even the original yeah. Star Trek or oh my God. the next generation. I've been rewatching the original series and yeah. I mean, I'm glad they've remastered them. A lot of the ships are better and a lot of that stuff you see is, is, is sharpened up. That helps. But yeah, it's just the same stuff. Oh, look, it's the brown planet again. Uh, well, yeah, they did recycle some of those planets, but like the next <laughs> generation didn't recycle that much of the graphics. No, things. no, they didn't. They didn't, although they did borrow a few times. They really like blowing up that bird of prey. Yeah, yeah, they do. Star, Star Trek 3, man. <laughs> or was it 4? Uh, no, it wasn't 4. Ford's the Voyage Home. It was Star Trek yeah. three. No, because they stole the bird of prey. No, no, no. It was Star Trek six, the undiscovered country. Star Trek's when General Chang's uh, bird of prey oh, gets blown that's right, up. That's right. That's right. That's right. They recycled that in the next gen like three different times. That makes sense and, because that was that was made during the next generation series. And then there's also that one scene where the Klingon ship gets hit and. All the, there's like that huge explosion on the bridge, and you see the Klingons getting sucked out into space with the fire and all that. And like, man, I saw that a bunch of different times in the show. Yeah, that was popular. It's like that one scream you hear in almost all the movies where the guy falls. I can't. I'm not going to try and imitate it. Oh yeah, that's a classic. That one scream. iconic scream. That, like, that, ah, what is that see, called? I just tried to do the, it. The Herman scream or Hellman scream. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always there somewhere. Yeah. What is that called? Oh, Wilhelm scream. That's it. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, the the when we get to Living Legend Parts 1 and 2, that's a good episode. Well, I, I hope some, we get there quickly because these episodes with the metal cowboy hats that rip apart like an aluminum can. Well, they're aluminum hats. I, right. That's got to be really comfortable in the sun. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Uh, and I loved how that guy, that one guy, the, the red-headed thug, I, he's he's a very good actor. I can't remember his name. But he, he's played tough guys in so many Western movies. He was the, <clears throat> the, the movie that came to mind was Roadhouse. <laughs> oh, my God. He played, he played the, 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 the auto parts owner that the guy uh -huh. was trying to muscle out. Yeah. And, of course, he was his nickname was Red. Right. Because he is, you know, gin, once a ginger, always a ginger. Um, yeah, I just seeing him act like a tough guy in a in a Western style saloon while wearing disco sparkles. Yes, in his vest with his, I just it's just something doesn't work. <laughs> oh, and here's some sci-fi news I did not share with you. I uh, came across something that was damaging to my brain, damaging to my eye. Mm -hmm. Do you recall when we were watching They Live? I do. And we reviewed it. The hobo with the real strong southern accent right. joined the aliens, and he was taking the guys on a tour sure. of the facility, and he escaped via his little watch, his, his Timex. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say that um, I discovered, much to my chagrin, that um, he was in a pornographic film in the mid-'70s. And how exactly did you discover this? Um. So you've heard? Is that is that? I've heard. That you've heard. I've heard. Somebody I've heard. told you. Yes. Yes. And uh, no, bullshit. I was checking out some porn, and 
I was going down oh. the rabbit hole of classic. No, vintage. The word was vintage. 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 And uh, yeah, I saw him went, no way. That can't be him when he was in his 20s. No, that can't be him. And then he spoke. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's him. That is him. I guess he needed some rent money. Oh, boy. This was, it was a stinker. But fortunately, this was in the era prior to uh, up close and personal, uh, shall we say, camera shots. Uh. It was more done from a distance. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what he did before this movie, and I haven't. I've seen him in a few movies since, but he definitely was in. Uh, he he like Ar- uh, not Arnold, but uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone had his foyer into the adult industry. Dipped his toe in the pool. That's one way of putting it. Oh, why'd you have to go with a pool? Oh, thanks. <laughs> ah. But yeah, he played a radio. Uh, uh, it wasn't, he wasn't a DJ. He was the personal engineer for the star of the film who was the, the voice talent on a, radio, on a pirate radio station. So was he actively engaged, or was he yes. just that poor schmuck that's, like, delivering pizza? No, hey, no, no. I thought he I was going to be the poor pizza. schmuck in the film. But, no, he actually he, – there was some engagement. Mm, okay. There was some engagement. Well, of, of all the people, you know, I'd, I – I wonder if that's on IMDb. That's what popped into my list. head. IMDb, I'm thinking of a lot of the films we reviewed, and then you said IMDb, and I thought, oh, my God. Ooh, I made a connection. Oh, should I even mention this? Yeah, I got to mention it. And you've made all of our lives richer with it. I have. And you know there's going to be some people checking that out. What was that guy's name? Okay. Now, IMDb. Okay. Now, let's go back to the mid-70s. Okay. Is there anything that looks like it's got a pornographic title? Oh, my God. There it is. And then they, too, can be scarred. (laughs) You're curious. I know you're curious. not doing it. I'm not falling into your trap. All I can say is I've got two cups. Nope. It's best enjoyed with two. Not doing it. All right, but well, it looks sounds like we need to start issuing some awards. (laughs) Already? Yeah. I think I've got a few more things to say. You don't? You already said you don't like this episode. They were filler. They were boring. How much more can you lambast this poor? Oh, let's vlog it a little more. Ah. All right. I like so how the overly critical prick award goes to. Oh, that's that's perpetually mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Let's yeah, hear it. so poker works a little bit differently on the uh, on the gunsmoke world. Yeah, it does. Apparently, uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane can't get a winning hand out of his boss hog. Now, see, I thought about going there, especially. With the pod crawl on the long patrol because of the booze uh-huh. and the bootlegging. No, no, no. The long patrol has its own issues. The main one being, you know, the stereotype of fucking Irish people. Well, and as one of Irish heritage, I can assure you, we've gotten used to it. <laughs> Yeah, but that doesn't make it fucking right. I mean, come on. It's it's a thick skin. Well, but that's just lazy fucking writing, if nothing else. How many times have people gone to that well? I mean, there's plenty of stupid fucking wells that people have dipped into, but... I mean, even fucking Star Trek The Next Generation did the, the stupid stereotype Irish thing. Yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, really, just a prison colony full of Irish people that drink. Well, they also did the French thing too when Picard went home after his encounter with the Borg. But Picard is French. I understand, but I'm just saying a lot of the stuff they were talking about. I mean, why does it have to be? uh, Why couldn't it have been a farm? Why did it have to be a vineyard? Because there's a lot of fucking vineyards in France. There's also a lot of farms. Right. But he came from a vineyard. That just seems a little stereotypical. The only thing missing was a beret. A beret. <laughs> Smoking some cigarettes, not bathing. You know, anytime there's any kind of controversy, you surrender. Okay, so I mean, you, know, you are dipping into that stereotype <laughs> well. <laughs> they didn't do any of that. Some frog legs and some baguettes. God. Oh. Now, that episode made no fucking sense. I was sitting there thinking, I mean, like halfway through the episode, I said to myself, what the fuck is this episode about? I mean, other than to establish that uh, Starbucks a polygamist. Very much so. And he's a player. Adama keeps trying his best to make Boxy an orphan. And <laughs> that, you know, and the they have a stereotype against Irish? I don't know. I mean, they even made them stupid. I mean, the doors didn't even lock. Yeah. They, it just it was a bad episode. Well, you know, you got to see the Vipers. You got to see the Cylons. You did. I mean, it, it had some decent little fight scenes. Of course, the, the Viper, or not the Viper, but the, the Raider crashed directly into the Ambrosia store, of course. And I don't see how Apollo was faster than a Cylon on a quick draw. Well, the Cylon was damaged, right? I mean, Yeah, that must have been part of it because he could rip that belt and holster right off his hip. Right, right. Faster than Apollo could pulling it out. Right. And quite frankly, I was thinking, you know, even as a kid, when when the Cylon first start walking up towards the swinging doors of the saloon, that's when I would have fired. Right, yeah. I mean, why do you have to have a fucking quick draw? Why has it got to be honorable? Yeah. And they never addressed the cousin of the widow who just grabbed that blaster and is like, you know, caressing it and kissing it like a long lost puppy. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that whole civilization is going to have a change. Yeah. There's a, there's a new guy needing tribute in town. Right. So, I mean, it was it was not a great episode. No, not particularly. And I guess all the Irish people come from Aries. Oh, when they first said Aryan Merchant Code, I was like, oh, my God, they're not going there, are they? But then, right. uh, then I realized they were talking Aryan as in, you know, of Aries and not, you know. Of- well, and uh, once again, the Nazis were good at stealing things. I mean, the Aryans were a real people. They did come from actually the Slavic parts of Europe. And they did invade and conquer Pakistan and northwestern India. They did. But they were not Germanic. They were Slavic. Oh, well, that kind of puts a crimp into the whole Nazi thing. It does. And uh, that little swastika, you know, as well as I do, that's been used in Pueblo culture and uh, Indian culture, you know, as a symbol of good luck and good fortune. Yeah, but it's usually flipped the other way around, right? It is, except in the Pueblo. Pueblo culture has it the way we're used to seeing it, but it's it's, uh, straight instead of on its, its, you know, how the, the points are kind of, it's like 
canter. Yeah, yeah. Tilted. With them, it's just flat. And uh, also, well, I mean, even even Hitler and his damn flavor saver he's got. Back in the day, <laughs> that was called a chapel. Right, right. But because of his infamy, he even stole that, so... They just stole shit. Oh, and that green tofu. I almost wish the Nazis had come back just so we could kill them again. No, we don't need Nazis to come back. I know, I know, but they're so bad. It's like killing them once wasn't enough. And that green tofu they were eating, what they called mushy. Oh, that shit looked gross. Well, but see, that's that reminded me of English culture, though. You go to a chippy, a fish and chip place uh-huh. in England, one of the standard sides is mushy peas. And they just take peas and just smash them like mashed potatoes. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Fish, fish, chips, and mushy peas. Well, it just that's kind of what I thought they were eating was just their version of mushy peas. No, she held it in her fucking hand. You can't hold mushy peas in your hand. You can't pick that well, shit I mean, up with your fingers. I mean, you could. Cold. But, I mean, if they're serving it like borscht, I don't know. Well, even if they cooled. I mean, if they is. froze it, maybe. If it was like an ice cube, but then you'd be but, gnawing well, on well, it. Back to the food thing, though. What is it about anything Western and whatever somebody cooks over an open fire has to come out brown? Have you cooked over an open fire? Everything comes out brown. I have cooked over an open fire. Thank you very much. We've cooked over open fire together and lots of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but does usually not come when you brown. cook over an open fire, it comes out black. Uh, ha, 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 ha. No. It just seems like everybody's always making this like gruel stuff. And I don't know. <laughs> Lazy cooking. There's bound to be some, some vegetable matter you can put in there to give it some color. But I like Baltar's little uh, cameo appearance in this latest episode. Sure. Back with the Baltar spread. Well, <laughs> is that what we're going to call that now? Baltar spread? Heck yeah. <laughs> The Baltar spread. Fucking flayed out like I a... Get, I need to get you a, a, a throne that's about four foot tall at the seat. <laughs> Why? That way you can do the Baltar oh, spread. Oh, man. Let me tell you. I do that every chance I get. Just Need to have like a step stool to get up to it. Just get everything aired out. Absolutely. <laughs> gotta, let, gotta let that air. Gotta let it hang loose. There you are. Oh, I loved it's a feeling of power. I loved Apollo's epiphany. He was like, Wow, a pneumo fires on compressed air? Yeah, pneumo, yeah, pneumatic. That's, yeah, that's what yeah. pneumo means, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised they were doing compressed air. I mean, they obviously have blacksmiths. You know, they've got combustion. Why not make a cartridge weapon? Because I can think of a couple of cartridge weapons that would take that Cylon the fuck out. Right. Well, I don't know. Real I mean, short order, too. Uh, depending, uh, you could probably do it with compressed air too. I mean, compressed air's got a lot of yeah, a lot of uh, velocity. Reduce the range. Yeah, I mean, it could throw a lot of velocity behind a, a slug. Yeah, yeah. Reduce the range, but you know, there's also good old fashioned technique. You know, I mean, depending on where you hit that, I mean, they're all they're aiming for all the armored points. Yeah, Apollo hit them right square in that single little eye. You know, I mean, there's there's different ways you can take something out. Plus, I've always wondered how well they do with a nice waltz with a magnet myself. <laughs> I mean, it might not necessarily take them down, but it might fuzz them up a little bit. Hit that so. D-Goss button. 
Well, it was just, you know, I don't know if it would de-gouse them, but, you know, it would definitely, there'd be some gousing. I like that Boxy's a natural gambler, took out Starbuck. That was fun. Right. That's true. That's true. And I don't understand what Cassiopeia's issue is with, with people. I mean, the boy's hanging out with a bunch of fighter pilots. Grandpa didn't have an issue with it. You know, how dare you smoke around a baby? It's the 70s, man. I blame her. Blame her. It's smoking and drinking in space, man. That's right. And, they, and he was just about to be doing both, so. She needs to get over it. <laughs> I mean, she's a socialator, for goodness sakes. No, she is a medical technician assistant or medical tech now. Yeah, well, her resume's been padded, so to speak. Ah. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's not start casting stones. She's just looking out for the boy. She's looking Actually, out. I think she was probably looking out for all the rest of the pilots. Trying to keep him safe. They were losing their jelly beans left and right. Well, that, and we don't want them contaminating their lungs with Starbucks Moxie. Moxie. Is that what you're calling it? Well, might as well call it something. <laughs> it's my cheese mold. All right. Well, let's get to awards. Who's got, okay. who's got your black lung? I'm going to give that to the distillery. Oh, because, yeah, it it blew up. It was I definitely think it's still on, burning. on fire. Yeah, it might be. Of course, 500-year-old ambrosia, I mean, that may burn pretty quick. If there's a lot of it. There was a lot of it. <laughs> no, Starbucks was too obvious, so I'm going to go with the distillery. Well... I went with the obvious. Mine goes to Starbuck again. I don't think there's been an episode yet that he hasn't smoked multiple times. He's got those cigars hidden in just about every crevice and orifice on his body. No, nah, there's just one. I'm, I'm pretty sure you could do a strip search on him, and he would still come out with a cigar later. Might. He might do it. He might do it. Keeps him in his mullet. <laughs> so uh, my head lush award is going to go to booties from uh, the Lost Warrior episode because he is an angry, violent drunk. Yes. And it ended up getting his ass killed. Yes, I agree. I agree. That's who I had picked. And who's got your player? Oh, well, the player award's going to go to Starbucks. I was thinking about the widow. I was considering her because she's got herself a taste for the warrior. Mm -hmm. But um, she didn't necessarily put her best foot forward when she found out that Apollo was a dad and he was trying to get home. She backed off. She was throwing that. She was throwing the pheromones pretty hard before, especially when she found out that they both had spouses that had died from weapons. Mm -hmm. She really found a commonality there. But when she started hearing about Boxy, she backed off. So that made me default back to uh, good old Starbuck. I mean, he even got the admiration of the maitre d'. Good, good pick. Good call. So I actually did go with the Widow Vela. And <laughs> uh, it's precisely for that reason. I mean, she was she knew that her husband's ship probably had the fuel that, that Apollo needed. 
but she was going to keep him around as like a yeah. pet or like a replacement husband or whatever. Better than my cousin and my brother coming around. Right? Yeah. I mean, oh, 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 I don't like that implication. <laughs> uh, so, There's no implication. Uh, you inferred. My inference. Yeah. Your inference has nothing to do. Yeah. So I mean, Actual she's facts. she definitely uh, she definitely pulled that, but she did. I I do see why you you pulled back on the player award for her, but um, yeah, because she gave yeah, him the exit. She gave him the exit. She showed him she, the door. She, but she's pining for the day that he comes back because he promised. And that I'll be back. that Tillium must be some pretty good stuff. I would hate to see what would happen if I put ten plus year old gasoline in an engine and fired that little bad boy up. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're gonna. Let's fuck put up some of this engine. varnish in here. See how it works. So my uh, my purple hippo for these episodes um, are gonna is gonna go to Red Eye. He's he's got my purple hippo because of does he? Yeah, because of the brain damage that he. He took whenever oh, he hit the planet good call. and then uh, decided to uh, just take orders from a, a flesh bag. Good call. Well, on the Purple Hippo Award, um, I didn't think I was just going to go for a single shot between the two episodes. I didn't really get much of a Purple Hippo off the off the first one, but on the Long Patrol, I'm going to give it to Starbuck. Because he was seeing all kinds of stuff after he got clonked on his noggin. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. And what was he thinking? I mean, this is a trained oh, I warrior. Know. I don't know. Well, trained warrior is is a stretch. Whenever you're talking, well, about Starbuck. and the thing the thing is though, and this is a, this is a recurring theme on the show. The 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 you know, like in Star Trek, you know, humanity's risen above all this stuff and it's the aliens we're trying to educate, but we've, we've achieved this utopian existence on earth and in the Federation. Uh-huh. And whenever something goes awry, it's so, it's so rare, you know, Whoa, somebody actually farted in public and tried to pass it <laughs> off on someone else. No right, way. Right, there right. must be an investigation. Um, in, in Battlestar, if they come across a human, they just, they cannot for the life of them, even after the betrayal of Baltar, they still think if you're human, you must be a good guy. Right. No, no. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. And I just find that so naive. Well, it's, it's naive that they keep coming across all of these fucking colonies on their it's way to Earth. They, 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 it's because they used an Apple computer system, apparently, on storing all this information. I guess so. And there goes our Apple endorsement again. Yeah, but we're still going to get PC. You hope. Oh, we're going to get the PC. No, Apple's fine. My only issue, honest to God, I got two issues with Apple and two issues only. Number one, they're too damned expensive. They are. They they are are very expensive. And number two, I've gotten so accustomed to how PCs are just set up. I'm setting my ways. I don't want to go to the, to the right or the left side of the screen to close a browser. I'm used to going to the right. Yeah. Yeah. It takes getting used to. They've, they've got things a little backwards for me. If you can run a PC, you can get a, you can get an Apple. My own father has told me the next computer he gets, he's going to go Apple. Has he used an Apple before? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's used them before. He just thinks they're better. As he says, I'm, I'm never going to get a virus. I'm tired of getting viruses on my, 
my PC. I'm like, <laughs> Pop, you must be looking at some toxic yeah. stuff because I haven't played with a virus since the 90s. Yeah, so he's going to some really shitty fucking sites, first off. And second off, there are viruses for Max. There are. Absolutely there are. But we'll leave that to him <laughs> and his wise purchases. Why is Steve Jobs popping up on my screen? And what is he doing? And is that even physically possible? <laughs> I don't know, Pop. Give it a try. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's... Food and space. Smoking, drinking, and eating. Yeah. I think that's got it for this Cooking. week. Yeah. Uh, next week, we are going to discuss original Battlestar Galactica series season one. Episodes eight and nine. Eight and nine. And the, these two, this is a two-parter episode called The Gun on Ice Planet Zero. Baltar yeah. attempts to lure Galactica into range of a giant pulsar cannon. Adama becomes aware of the trap and sends in a team of commandos to destroy it. Apollo and Starbuck lead that group of convicts on a possible suicide mission to destroy the cannon, which is located on said icy planet. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. I bet they're you're successful, right, you're too. Right. They are. They are. <laughs> well. It's sort of a sort of a duplex duplex episode episode. Episodes. That's a hint. hint. <laughs> so it kind of repeats itself? Well, maybe. Well, maybe. Oh, great. But you're going to find, find that there's some uh, um, uh, doppelganger. Oh. Doppelganger uh, issues. Oh, God. Yep, yep. Oh, uh, well, I'm gonna watch it <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us our intro and outro music is welcome home by cambo pod crawl music is snack beats by machette if you like the show please rate and review us on itunes google play spotify stitcher Podchaser, and blueberry you can leave us feedback at smoking and drinking in space.com on twitter at at status underscore podcast or email us at smoking and drinking in space at outlook.com i'm jason i'm red and we'll talk to you next week have a good one. You too. Ploy intended to lure the fleet away. The fleet away for the flip. Fuck it.